Well, good morning, Cross Church. Good morning. Well, today, just before the service, um, we were running through that video, and I heard one of the sound sound men. I think it was Greg. He said, uh, "The voice is it's too hot." And um, what they were what they meant by that is the volume is too too high. But I had a different interpretation of that one. Slight, slightly different. <laughs> My name is Andrew Thunder. I'm, uh, I'm very glad to be here today. Uh, as you know, Pastor Ellen is away for this morning, um, but I'm very, very happy to be with you and to, to speak on this topic. We are beginning a new series, as Pastor Ellen has introduced last week. Today we're talking about listening. Listening. So who here is good at listening? A couple people? Yeah, pretty good. All right, good. So... So you'll remember every, everything from the sermon. Okay, awesome. Perfect. Great. So before we get into it, I, I just want to share a very, very brief story. So one busy Sunday afternoon in a diner, uh, there was this empty table with a cell phone that was ringing. A man walked up the phone, picked up the ringing phone, and it was a woman So he put that phone on speakerphone just so that everyone's able to hear. The the woman on the phone says, Hi, honey, are you still at the diner? The man said, brief silence, he says, Yep, I'm still here, just uh, grabbing a quick bite to eat, and then I'll be off. She says, Okay, well, listen, I have a very quick question. It's not going to take very long. I saw this necklace and I was wondering if I could buy it. And then the man says, okay, well, how much, what's the price tag on that? She says, oh, uh, $9,000. So very, very brief um, silence for a second there. He had to take some time to think about it. He says, you, want, you know what? Go ahead. You can go ahead and purchase that $9,000 necklace. Go right on ahead. She says, okay, uh, one more thing. Um, do you remember how we were looking for a new vehicle? Well, I stopped by the BMW dealership the other day, and I found a great deal. There's one available for $90,000. So do you think we can go ahead and do that? And the man says, well, well, you know what? We, uh, we have been looking for a while, so you could get, go ahead and purchase that. And at that price, go ahead and add all the bells and whistles along with that. You know, and, and as he's going through this conversation, you know, some of the people at the diner, they're starting to turn their heads. They're thinking, whoa, this guy's pretty loaded. And the woman says, okay, one, one last thing. Um, we are looking for a house. And there's this one on the market that's uh, for $980,000. Can we go ahead, make an offer? And the guy says, okay, you can go ahead and make that offer. In fact, raise it to one million so that we know we're going to get the deal. And the woman says, okay, perfect. Thank you so much, honey. Hangs up the phone. So the man, he hangs up the phone. He looks at the empty table. 
And then he looks at everyone else in the diner. And at this point, everyone in the entire diner is staring at him, thinking, whoa, this guy's pretty loaded. He looks at the empty table, looks at the phone. He holds it up. He says, does anyone know whose phone this is? (laughs) Oh, so we're talking about listening. In that case, though, the woman wasn't listening very much. She had an agenda. She had a couple checklist items that she was trying to, trying to go through, but she didn't do a whole lot of listening herself. And many of you know that when we don't do proper listening, we can often get ourselves into a little bit of trouble. So we're introducing the series here. Listen. It's a study of love in motion. So as we approach Easter, uh, we are getting prepared to celebrate one of the greatest acts of love in history, or I should say the greatest act of love in history, and that's when God himself took the form of a man and he gave himself up for us. He sacrificed himself at the cross so that we could live a new life. But there's more to it than that. Leading up to his crucifixion and his resurrection, he also walked among us, just like you, you and I. And while he was here, he actually modeled to us. Uh, he didn't just show us uh, that he was the one that was going to show love to the world, but he was showing us, he was modeling to us how we can be vessels of love to the world. So part of, part of what, what we, we're doing this for this series is we're looking at the life of Jesus, and we're taking a look at how he was able to listen. And we're taking principles from that. And today we're looking at listening to others. How many people know that listening to others is, can sometimes be a, a little bit tricky at times? Some of us, here's the thing, most of us believe that we're really good listeners, right? Almost every single one of us would say, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an adequate to a, to a, a decent, I'm a, I'm a pretty good listener. But the reality is, is that most of us uh, don't listen as w- quite as well as we could. And most of that, of that is due to bad habits that we've, uh, we've kind of um, been experiencing, or it could be that um, we're just missing certain things. We're not listening as well as we could. Notice that the series is called uh, Love in Motion. It's called Love in Motion uh, for a reason. The reason is that for, in order to show and to express love for other people, there, is, there has to be an action, right? If you say that you love a person and do nothing, then what are you doing here? It's just a concept. It's an idea. But if you're truly loving someone, there should be some sort of action behind it, right? And that's what we're getting at. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he says this, Just as love to God begins with listening to his word, so the beginning of love for others is learning to listen to them. 
The beginning of living for God is to read and, and listen to his word. The beginning of the love for others is doing exactly very something very similar, learning to listen to them. So today we're going to explore just how Jesus listened to others and why it's so important to listen within our relationships. And here's the thing. God desires for each and every one of us to have amazing relationships with, with each other, vibrant and growing and healthy relationships. That includes your relationships with your children, your spouse, your friends. God wants us to show his love, to allow his, his perfect love to emanate and to, and to uh, be, be spread all across every interaction that you have with others. So we're looking at the scripture today. We're opening it up to the book of James. Uh, James 1, chapter 19 to 20. And it says this. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. We're meant to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Um, too many of us, we, we, can, we, we see this verse, and we look at it, and we say, yeah, that's, that's pretty simple instruction. But in reality, we, we tend to speak a little bit more than we listen. And this, is, this can be a problem. This can be an issue in, in, in our relationships. So we're going to look at the life of Jesus, and we're going to see how he was able to model listening uh, within his ministry, within his interactions with other people. So Jesus, throughout his ministry, he, he had his 12 disciples. He was interacting with them. He would listen to them. They would listen to him. There was this uh, two-way conversation that was, that was going on. And more than that, throughout his ministry... Jesus showed something miraculous. And one of the greatest miracles that he showed was that he himself was God incarnate. And more than that, he listened to the hearts of those who are just ordinary human beings like you and I. If you really stop and think about it, this is one of the greatest miracles that could ever happen. And we're going to look at one story here where we see one particular individual whose life was completely changed, was completely transformed through the power of listening. So here we're looking at John uh, chapter 4. John chapter 4. We're looking at uh, the story of the woman at the well. Well, we'll read chapter 4, 7 to 10. It says, soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, 
If you only knew the gift, of, the gift God has for you and who you were speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Now what's happening here is Jesus, before this interaction even, even takes place, Jesus uh, was really on his way. Um, he was on his way to Galilee. And in order to get to Galilee, like most people would go, uh, kind of avoid Samaria because Jews had this ongoing conflict with Samaritans. And Jesus decided, I'm not going to go around Samaria. I'm going to go right through it. He goes and he stops into this small town called Sychar, where we see him tired from his journey. And so he's resting at the well. And this woman comes for a drink, and the woman points immediately to her identity. Jesus says, can I have a drink? And she immediately says, do you even know who you're speaking to? I'm a Samaritan, and I'm a woman. And Jesus continues on as if that was completely trivial information. And he says, Jesus speaks about, uh, uh, he, he speaks about the gift of God that is true living water. And the woman's confused. She says, how, how, can, how, can you, how can you possess living water? You don't even have a basin. You don't have a well. He said, and then they continue on their conversation. Throughout the conversation, she starts to become more interested. And she says, get me some of this water. So he says, okay, you can have some of this water. Go and get your husband. She says, pauses for a second. She says, well, I, uh, I don't have a husband. And Jesus, looking right into her life, right in, through her heart, he, she, he says to her, you're right, you don't have a husband. And the reality is you have multiple, you've had multiple husbands, and the person that you're with right now isn't your husband. And the woman says, well, you, you must be a prophet. Well, and then she starts, she completely diverts the conversation, starts talking about uh, their spiritual beliefs, about uh, how the Jews worship over here and we worship over here. And Jesus says, you know what? This is, this is all great. There's one day where the true worshipers are going to worship through, worship God in spirit and in truth. And the woman says, you know what? This was a great conversation. When the Messiah comes, he'll be able to tell us all these things. And then Jesus revealed his identity right then and there. He says, I, the one who am speaking to you, I am he. And immediately, like through this conversation, that woman's life was changed forever. And the Bible says that she immediately left her water basin, and she ran into the nearest town, and she began to tell everyone about Jesus because her life was impacted. Her life was changed. You see, many of us, when we're looking at this story, you know, it's, uh, it, it can be a little bit confusing. Like what, just with the dialogue and kind of this, this whole discussion about living water. But in reality, one of the most great, one of the greatest expressions of love is, is seen within this interaction, not just with what is said and what's introduced, but the very fact that he was having a conversation with her, the fact that he stopped 
to talk. He stopped to listen to what she had to say. That was a great expression of love. One of the things that we realize and we recognize uh, through this scripture and through observing the life of Jesus is that relationships are number one. They're our number one priority. So if you look, if, if you look at everything that you're doing right now, just think for a minute of all your concerns, all the things that you are busy with throughout your life, your, your job, you have your, your different uh, things with your schedule that are going on, you have your family, you have, you have all these different details of the things you have to do, your mortgage, your bills, all these things. There are things that kind of cloud our minds and, and things that are constantly on the, at the forefront of what we're doing. But what I like to do from time to time is just to distill everything, just try to figure out, okay, what is the number one most important thing in our life? And Jesus, throughout his ministry, he actually showed us, he not only told us, but he showed us what those priorities are. And the number one priority is our relationships. Our relationships with God and our relationships with one another. So if you look at it, the most important thing that you are doing right now has to do with your relationships. Your relationship with God, your relationship with other people. So let me ask you, how much attention are you putting in to your relationships? Are they becoming trivial? Many of us, we have these, these new devices, and they're meant to enhance our connectivity with other people. And uh, we're finding more and more that we're using these. Our heads are down we're, we're posting things and we're, we're, we're clicking like to certain posts, maybe on Facebook, Instagram, but what's actually happening? Many of us are actually losing touch with that face-to-face -face, uh, ability to listen to other people and to develop and to maintain and to enhance our relationships with other people. This is our greatest, our greatest, uh, the greatest thing that we can do right now. The most important thing is to develop our relationships to make them better. You know, the one of the basic human needs, in order for uh, for every single one of us, one of the basic human needs is to be heard. And we talk about um, different other needs that are pretty basic, like you know, food, shelter. Uh, clothing, all these things. Um, but the need to be heard is actually a very, very important um, need that every single one of us has. You see, um, as some of you know, I have a, a little boy named Micah. He's three years old. And uh, my wife and I, we just enjoy watching him grow up because everything's Everything, every day is a, an adventure, and it's just really fun watching him develop. One of the things that we, uh, we noticed, we were, driving in, um, we were driving to church one day, and Micah's in the back seat, and he's, you know, learning how to talk. It's probably a year, year ago or so. He's just learning how to talk, and he's kind of babbling a little bit. And he says something in gibberish, blah, 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 something like that. I think that was like spot on. 
And I look, look back at Micah, kind of a little bit confused. I said, oh, yeah, okay. You know, providing a little bit of affirmation. He, he says it again. la ba da ba da I said, okay, all right. Good job, Micah, good job. And then he starts to get a little bit frustrated. la ba da ba da And I said, oh. Hey, Micah, look, look, a train, look. Oh, look at the clouds. Look at that. Look at the plane. Oh, now he's furious. <sighs> Daddy. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and um, Heather and I, we figured out a trick. So Heather, she kind of nudges me on the shoulder. She says, repeat him. So I turn back at him. Oh, you mean blah, 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 blah? And immediately big sigh. Ah, yes. And that was the end of the conversation. Two points. That was awesome. So we learned something. Is that Micah wanted affirmation. He was telling us something. He was trying to communicate. And he wanted to know that we heard what he was saying. He wanted to know that what he was saying was coming out and that we understood exactly what he was talking about. I didn't know exactly what it was, but the fact that I repeated what he said, for him, that was affirmation. And for him, it was like, it was like the, the weight of the world kind of came off of his shoulders. The reality is, is that every single one of us, we need to be heard. We need to be understood. And it's a longing in all of our hearts to have that. Some of us, we go throughout our, our, our relationships and we, we just perform our tasks, we perform our duties at work, and we just, we just go through the motions of life. Inside of our hearts, there are cries. Inside of our hearts, sometimes there's rejoicing. Inside the, the, the deep inner, inner portions of our heart, there are things that we desire. But in most cases, throughout our relationships, we don't go beyond the trivial. We stay at the superficial, and we don't get down to some of the things that are most important. Every single one of us needs to be heard. And you know what? This is why this need to be heard is the precise reason why Every single one of us have to learn to be good listeners. Because some people right here in this room are struggling with something right now. They're worried, they're anxious, they're upset. They're questioning things in their life. There's deep cries that are happening on the inside. As men and women of faith and as the body of Christ, we are meant, each and every one of us, to listen, to hear what's going on in the hearts of our brothers and sisters. The reality is, is love is a verb. When we're talking about communicating to, to other people, there has to be this intentional, uh, uh, this intentional uh, exertion of energy in order for you to, to fully listen 
and understand uh, another person. There's a lot of noise happening everywhere from our cell phones, from our iPads to TV. There's external barriers like that. Other conversations that are happening, noise that's taking place in the background. In our conversations, there's also internal barriers. Like, for example, when we're having a conversation with another person, how many times do we actually listen to what they're saying? And, and how many people know that there are times where we're, our minds are somewhere else completely? Someone's talking directly to you, and you're thinking about, about yourself. You're thinking about your own perspectives on the issue, and you're just getting ready to talk and to share those. Sometimes you're thinking about something completely different, like, okay, I wonder what I'm having for lunch here. I hope this person stops talking so that I could take off. I hope no one, no one does that here after the service. <laughs> they, uh, this is something that happens, though. It's just a, it, our human nature. Oftentimes, we aren't fully and entirely listening. One of the things that Jesus does is he shows us the importance of emptying ourselves in order to listen. Set aside all of your own perspectives just for a moment, all of your own perspectives, all of your own desires, all the things that you want to talk about just for a moment and listen. Jesus, in this story, when he's speaking to the woman at the well, he, he sees this woman with a need. And what does he do? Does he stand up on top of the well and start preaching from the top of it? preaching a sermon to her, telling her everything that she needs to do. Actually, he, what he does here is quite significant, quite impactful, and something that actually caused the disciples to get confused because he listened, and he didn't listen to, just to, to any individual. He listened to a Samaritan woman. Samaritans were enemies to the Jews. They had different theological standpoints, different, different ways of thinking, different understandings of who God was, different ways of worshiping. For them, they felt the, the Samaritans were practicing uh, like cult, cultic activities. Not only that, but they have been in battles. They've been in wars in the past. So some of the Samaritans may have very well killed some of the family members of the Jews. So the disciples, they saw Jesus having this interaction with this Samaritan woman. You can imagine the thoughts that were going through their mind. It's almost as bad as having the coach, the, the Winnipeg Jets coach, having coffee with someone from the, one of the players from the Boston Bruins. Like you start thinking, whoa, okay, whose side is he actually on here? What's going on? I'm just going to pretend like I didn't see that. Something, something is different about this. Jews did not interact with Samaritans, specifically not Samaritan women. Men, especially rabbis, teachers, were not supposed to speak to women in public. But Jesus wasn't afraid of, of crossing or breaking cultural norms. He was there for a mission. He was there to send a certain message, and he was ready to destroy those cultural norms in order for the love of God to be revealed to earth. 
So what he did was he engaged in that conversation. The reality is, is that Jesus knew, even before he left for his journey, that this woman was going to be at the well. He knew that this woman was going to be standing there, and he knew that this woman had deep needs that had to be fulfilled. And Jesus listened to her needs. He emptied himself of his own agenda, of, his own, of, of who he was, in order to listen to the deep cries of, of the heart of this woman. You know, uh, one of the things that, that really stops us uh, from really, really listening is something called uh, egocentricism. And what it is, is it's the inability to differentiate between yourself and other people. More specifically, it's the inability to untangle subjective schemas from objective reality and an inability to understand or assume any perspective other than your own. So how many people do this in, in your conversations? Like, You're trying to interpret what someone else is doing and you think to yourself, oh, if I was in that, if I was in that situation, I would have done this. Or if I was in that situation you know, I probably would feel this way or, or feel that way. And immediately you jump into these conclusions. Well, that's called egocentricism. You're thinking of inside of your own little box from your own perspective. And this is a constant battle that we're facing, is when you're having a conversation with another individual, when you're truly listening to the heart of someone else, what you're doing is you're taking your perspective, you're leaving it, and you're trying to imagine the perspective of someone else. For a lot of people, that's extremely difficult. It's hard, and actually it is. It's, it's hard to kind of get into another fr uh, frame of mind in order to do that, to truly do it well. So most of us, we, we, we aren't able to, to listen, listen very well. I've had one, uh, one kind of interesting uh, conversation with, with someone else. You know, how many people know that we, when we get a perspective, when we have um, an idea or, or a certain position on something, sometimes we get emotionally attached to some of those things. Anyone know what I mean? So when you're in this conversation, I was having this conversation with uh, um, one individual who happened to be a family member, not a, not an extremely close family member. So, um, but I was having this conversation, and she says to me, um, "Andrew, uh, the other day, I noticed that uh, when you were turning your neck, it looked like it was in pain. So I'm wondering how your neck's doing today." And I looked at her. I said, "Well, what do you mean?" She says, "Yeah, it looked like you were in a lot of pain." says, actually, I wasn't in a lot of pain. She puts her hand on my shoulder. She says, we know what you're going through. Don't try to hide your pain. And I said, no, seriously, I, I wasn't in pain at all. <laughs> She's like, no, you were in pain. I saw you. You were, you were in pain. And I said, no, no. It's the most hilarious conversation I've had. Because for her, she had this perception of a certain reality. And she was emotionally attached to it. So much so that she wouldn't even believe 
the person who is, who is potentially experiencing that pain. She wouldn't believe me. I could say anything. She still, to this very day, she thinks I was in pain. How many people know that sometimes that's the way that we are? And when we do that, we often aren't even aware, right? So Jesus tells us to empty ourselves, empty ourselves of our own agendas, empty ourselves of our own kind of ideas, and look at the life of the other individual. There's something interesting in psychology. It's called the spotlight effect. And the spotlight effect is a the phenomenon in which people tend to believe they are being noticed more than they really are. Being that one is constantly in the center of one's own world, an accurate evaluation of how, how much one is noticed by others is uncommon. What does that mean? That means that for most of us, we think that we are at the center of the universe in some cases right? maybe maybe that's a little bit too strong of a statement but we feel like everyone's looking at us right so we put so much attention into uh what we're wearing you know and uh you know uh, uh, how we're how we're gonna how we're gonna act how we're gonna gonna perform how we're gonna do certain things making sure that everything's okay making sure that our we comb our hair properly and make sure making sure that everything about us is okay how many people know that in most cases, people don't even notice? People don't even... You ask the person sitting next to you, what was I wearing last Sunday? If they could answer it correctly, like I would be super, super surprised. The reality is, is this is the way that we are, right? We're so enveloped in our own perspective and our own world that we forget that our whole purpose is to get out of our world. Our whole perspective is to, our whole, the whole point of why we're here is to develop our relationships with other people. And by doing that, the only way that we could truly do that is by listening to another perspective. Get away from the noise of yourself, of your own opinions, of your own thoughts about yourself. And start thinking and listening to what's going on in the, in the life of another person. You know, we see this this interesting thing that, I, uh, that I've observed about relationships, about friendships, most people feel, they feel like if they put more attention, if they draw more attention to themselves, then more people will notice them. So in their quest to become either successful, well-known, popular, that's what they do. They dress better, they look better, they try their best to, to be to be them, their best selves and to present themselves as some, something or someone attractive. The reality is, is that that's a false assumption. We think that the more attention you put in yourself, the more people will give you attention. But actually, it's the opposite. The opposite is true. It's the more attention you put into other people, the more people will give attention to you. See, what happens in our friendships, in our relationships, in your conversations, if you're just talking about yourself, if you're just talking about your own opinion, cutting off the conversation short, walking away, well, eventually people will think, think that you're arrogant, and more than that, that you don't care about what they think. But the more that you engage other people, the more within your relationships that you try 
to understand the other person by listening, the more influence you'll have and the, the greater uh, the, the greater the impact you're going to have within that person's life. And more than that, the more friendships you'll end up having. I, see, I noticed that um, very clearly with my dad. So my dad was, um, he was just a, a really nice guy, right? We, we lived in Sulacout, Ontario, a really small town. And he would travel up north from time to time to do ministry. But one of the things that he did Every time he saw someone, uh, it could be a complete stranger, it could be someone that he vaguely knew, he would start talking to them, he would ask them questions, and he would kind of point the spotlight on them every time that he saw someone. And over time, he became more and more well-known. And now to this day, I can walk into many of these northern communities, and all I have to do is mention my dad's name. And immediately the community is opened up to me because my dad, he invested in other people by listening. He listened to other people. He listened to other perspectives. He listened to their needs. He tried to respond to them, but he invested by listening. One of the most important things that Jesus shows us is to listen to the heart. You see, Jesus knew that this woman at the well wasn't thirsty for water. She was thirsty for something so much more than that. She was thirsty. She had this longing for life fulfillment. And Jesus knew that the the only way that she could have fulfillment in life was for her to have a relationship with himself. And so Jesus did just that. What he did through the conversation is he looked past that statement, the statements of, of, of her feeling uh, thirsty, her feeling, um, uh, feeling like she has uh, all these different uh, relationships with other people. And, and, and Jesus just peeled back all the layers, all the superficial layers of, of this woman and looked deep within the heart of that individual. And he knew exactly what she was looking for. She wanted new life. She wanted an abundant life. She wanted a reason to live. She wanted fulfillment that her relationships couldn't give her. And that's exactly what Jesus offered to her. But Jesus looked beyond the superficial and he looked at the heart. There's a story of a a missionary she was um, at a missionary, missionary retreat. She was going through something very difficult. She was going through depression. And after she was, uh, she was away from her missionary uh, missions field, she comes to this retreat where other missionaries are gathered, and she's making her bed with another missionary woman. And while they're doing this, she asks a very quick question. How do you handle depression? And the woman, she missed the opportunity to listen to her heart. She says, well, well, what I do is I just go from one state of depression to the next, and that's all I do. And that was the end of the conversation. That was it. You see, behind that question was a statement. 
I'm depressed, is what she was saying. I'm afraid. Beyond that statement was, was an emotion. She was crying out to someone else, for, someone else for help. And that other believer, that missionary, missed the opportunity to provide healing for that individual. When we listen to the hearts of other people, we are able, we're actually being vessels of God's healing. When um, One of the first jobs that uh, Heather had in ministry was she was a church administrator. And I remember her telling me a story right after she came home from work. She says, I was sitting at my desk. I got this phone call. And it was a, a lady on the other end. She was struggling with depression. And she was even contemplating suicide. And she's, she, like, her heart was racing when she, heard, when she picked up the phone, when she realized what was going on. So she said, okay, right away, I'm going to transfer you over to the pastor. She looks around. The pastor's gone. It's just her and this person on the phone. So she's sitting there. She's feeling inadequate. She's feeling, what do I do? How do I respond? I'm not a counselor. I don't have any training in this. So all she does is she sits down. She holds the phone to her ear, and she listens. And once in a while, she affirms the other person. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And inside Heather's heart, she's just praying. She's saying, God, help me. Give me wisdom. That woman talked on the phone to Heather for probably about 30 minutes. And at the end of those 30 minutes, the woman said, you know what? I know exactly what I need to do. I need to, I need to start trusting in God, and I need to stop I need to stop allowing these negative thoughts to overcome my life. She said, Heather, thank you so much for listening to me. This was so, so helpful. She hangs up the phone. Heather hangs up the phone. She scratches her head. What did I do? (laughs) What she did was something extremely important, extremely significant. It's when when you sit and when you listen to the hearts of other people, when you affirm them, And that allows God to do supernatural work to provide healing within their life. So most of us, we we have issues with with listening. And so I'm just going to leave you with a few practical tips. Uh, Number one, give the person 100% of your attention or nothing. Okay? If you're in the middle of something, and this is something that I struggle with from time to time, is is I'm just in, in the middle of something, I'm trying to complete a project, and then someone comes along and, and greets me. And I sometimes I struggle with stopping what I'm doing and acknowledging the other person. And, and I, know, I know that's something that I need to continue working on. So I've learned to say, okay, I'm going to talk to you in, in just one minute. Okay, I'll be right back. So I could give that person 100% of my attention. The other thing is, when you're talking with another individual, don't interrupt uh, many of us, we, we, we have our perspectives. We have certain things that we want to share. We want to fix certain things. But we should never interrupt. The next thing is do not judge or evaluate right away. So, for example, when you're, when you're talking to someone, you know, you're, you're figuring out all these different solutions in your head and you're, 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 you're prescribing all these different things. If someone's talking to you, just put, put away the evaluation for a moment. And just listen to the person. Listen to their heart. 
Next thing is do not impose a solution right away. You may have a solution, just hold off. Hold off and listen. Next thing is ask more questions. Ask, you could keep asking questions. Part of, of, of what a good listener does is draws out what the, what the speaker is trying to say. Help them by asking questions. And the last thing is just reflect. As you're, as you're listening, and even after the conversation, just reflect on what the person has said and allow that just to, just to um, fill your mind. Just think about it. Think about their perspective, what they're going through. When we are good listeners, it allows each and every one of us to be effective at being vessels of love for Jesus. The Bible says that, that we are meant to be ambassadors of love to the people around us. And that's exactly what we are meant to do. So we've seen a variety of ways that Jesus modeled to us this life that we're supposed to live, this, this ability to love by listening. So for my prayer for you today is that you would be able to, to listen effectively to the people around you and just to experience that, those rich relationships with your family members, with your spouse, with your children, and with your friends. So let's all stand together as we close in prayer. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your word that speaks to us and that changes us, God. I pray, Lord God, that you allow each and every one of us to remember to be quick to listen and slow to speak, slow to become angry. Lord, we acknowledge that many of us, we we struggle, we fall short of this. And we pray, Lord God, that right now you'd empower us. Empower us with your wisdom, empower us. Uh, Lord, with your, the ability to listen well to others, that we may be effective, encouraging, and building up those around us and having amazing and, and, and fruitful relationships with other people. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Look to your neighbor and say, I hear you.